Hey everyone, wherever you are, I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. Welcome to the Inside Crypto Podcast, interviews and discussions with regular people just like yourselves. Today we are in for a special treat. Today we are here with Dan Sutherland. He is the CEO of Self. He's a serial entrepreneur who previously founded the cloud service provider Serenza, or Carenza, which was acquired by Six Degrees in 2016. I have to do the usual disclaimer though, before we get started, because this is a business finance crypto show, anything said by either Dan or myself does not constitute financial advice. I'm not telling you to buy or sell anything. Please do your own research. Please also remember these are our respective opinions. Do not con connect them with our organizations because we just have Dan on the show and it's just a two-person show today. We get to get started and maybe ask Dan to tell us about his background and how he got to where he is today. Uh, yeah, so I've been building, running, investing in businesses since I was, I guess, about 17, but that's frighteningly over 30 years now. And I've done lots of different stuff, I think, as lots of entrepreneurs do. There's no real strong thread to, to what I've done. The thing I got most stuck into was Carenza, the cloud services business that, that you mentioned right there at the top. And, and I ran that for nearly 15 years before selling it a few years ago. And by the time I'd sold that, I was already aware of the crypto space. Some friends were fairly active doing things in it. And I think I was looking for opportunities to start a project that involved it at that stage. So like 17, I remember reading that on your profile on the South website. I'm like, damn, what was I doing when I was that age? Nothing that productive. <laughs> so I think a lot of people everywhere in the world, no matter, I live in Asia, in Taiwan, no matter where you are, you struggle with motivation to push yourself. Like, where did you find all this energy and motivation to do and start investing in businesses at such a young age? It's very simple. I'm really dyslexic. And along with huge numbers of dyslexic people, we don't fit into the, the round hole of the education system that there is in many countries. And so you fall between the cracks. And actually, the, the thinking processes, they lend themselves really well to building and starting businesses. You have to find solutions to unusual problems. You have to do those things on the fly. You have to look for opportunities that don't previously exist. And it's, sometimes it can be easier to do that if your thought process is nonlinear. I put that right down to dyslexia. And actually, necessity, uh, the path of traditional university, college education, going and getting a job, working for somebody just wasn't open to me. And, and so I had to find something else to do. And I fell into things that I found interesting. Okay. Before we get into the core portion of today's show, Dan, I have to ask this of every guest is what was that first crypto memory of yours that sort of told you, okay, this is interesting. I've got to look into this. And then later on, you started moving into the web three space. Yeah, I have a friend who is based over in Canada. He's a photographer and he and I, obviously, we don't get to see each other that often because he's over in Canada. But I remember him telling me, you have to look at this Bitcoin thing. And I said, oh, yeah, sure. And he said, no, I've just been doing a, a job for a corporate photography job for a startup in, in Canada. And they said at the end of the job, they were working with this new thing called Bitcoin. And would I take half of the, uh, the payment for the photography job in, in their tokens and half of it in fiat? And he said, I took it and that was a while ago and it, it keeps going up. And he said, I really think you ought to look at this thing. And, and I ignored him really. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And so, but I always remembered it and I always watched what was going on with the Bitcoin. And I always imagined quite how much money he'd got paid for doing that photography job. And it was that kind of, okay, this is this, I now see the full journey of this from when it was worth almost nothing to where it stands today. So that was the first thing that made me think about it. 
Very cool. That's an interesting story. And I think a story a lot of people share with that one friend that got started early and you're like, I should have, but I didn't. Dan, you're doing something really interesting though with self. And I really want to get into that. But before we do, I think like you replied to my email, you're like, yeah, this, I'm going to come at it from a retail perspective. And I think we love that on this show, breaking things down in simple ways. Crypto has had a ride this year and I've been keeping tabs yeah. on crypto. Like Seth, what's happened how do we recover? Can we recover? Can we restore the public's confidence and maybe disconnect crypto from Web3 so Web3 can survive or can they be disconnected? What's your thoughts about all of that? Wow. That's a big question. So let's start with what's happened this year. Look, most of what's happened this year boils down to good old-fashioned fraud and internal corporate mismanagement, ignoring the sort of fiduciary requirements that any director of any company has on them. And I think an element of that, particularly with the more famous people who've been involved in this, they're the, they've been the rock stars of this wild west that they've been inhabiting. And I think the reality that we're all faced with right now is that the rules do apply to all of us. And, and so what's happening is a long overdue shakeout of all of the shady stuff that's been going on. And the shady stuff has been in there and has been possible be because the technology wasn't very secure. I know it was very structured for achieving a particular thing but like a lot of these things that begins as a kind of altruistic project people who don't share the same altruistic goals at the outset of it find it very easy to take advantage of something that's structured like that so anybody who wanted to mess around in this space frankly they could do and there wasn't for a long while that much that they felt could be done about it and luckily, Bitcoin's hidden under people's floors. So eventually they'll catch up with you. But what's happening this year is extraordinarily painful for all those investors who put their life savings and their heart and soul into this space and are losing it. For the industry, it's a long overdue shakeout of a bunch of bad apples that are still hanging on the tree. And it's a necessity if this industry is going to move from the niche that it's currently in into the real mainstream and the real mainstream isn't can i sell more nfts to more people the real mainstream is how does my crypto project be relevant to everyone who needs to pay their utility bill their gas or their electric every month i totally agree with you we definitely need to move towards more real utility and i think that's where self comes in at least when we were connected and you were introduced i'm like oh wow this is really interesting i've never heard of self before and you guys are doing something that's i think and again, just my opinion, is much needed in the space because I'm in it. I'd love for more people to get in it. I've talked to, I used to be a former teacher, students of mine who were in their early 20s. Yeah, they would tell me, I need to do more research. This is really interesting. I want to get into it. Or my mom, who's 76 years old, who's, yeah, I'd love to give buying some Bitcoin a try or buy an NFT or do some DeFi or do something. But I'm afraid that the fraud is still there. So this is a great segue into you telling everybody what is self. Is it on the blockchain? I guess that was what I was trying to figure out because I did see a few blog posts on your website that mention Web3, but I don't remember seeing something specifically saying Ethereum or Avalanche or something like that. Yeah, so we use blockchain for a number of things and we're using different chains for different parts of self. Currently, we use Near for a bunch of our core systems. We will be doing an IDO Q1 next year, those will be ERC-20 
20 tokens and and we're building for and integrating other chains into self the approach of finding the technology that fits what we're trying to achieve like we came to self being a web3 project and to it being something needed to have its own token at its heart and a, a decentralized engineering solution for the product that we were building not because we were looking for something that would do those things so yeah you started out by asking what self is self is self is a solution to solve the problem of fraud and uh and it does that by dealing with something really simple about fraud which is that online it's very hard to know what is true it's a playground for fraudsters and with self what we want to do is to give people access to information that proves that the thing that they've just said is a lie so that you can prevent fraud from happening at the top end so traditional solutions for fraud are kind of about shutting the stable door after the horse has run out we're saying well, let's not let them in the stable door in the first place to let the horse out and let's take the data that does that and let's put it in the hands of the people that we're protecting from fraud for every user, whether you're using self work, whether you're using it for personal things, whether you're using it for both, your starting point is a self app on your cell phone, which you use to build a library of verified information about yourself that you create on there. It's not being created by an organization somewhere else. And all of that data about you, it could be your passport information. It could be your employment history. It could be I know all manner of different things that are you know, relevant facts about you that you might want to share with somebody else at some point. All of those things you store in your phone, in your hand. They don't go in the cloud. Self as an organization has no access to them. They're there for you to share with the people that you want to connect with. And then we build a bunch of tools into that app. So it has a communication suite built into it that looks and feels not unlike a WhatsApp or a signal communication suite. So you have the ability to call people, to message with people. Real difference here is while it's end-to-end you know, -end encrypted and so on, like everything else, this is a system being run by a decentralized platform that is being, as we roll out over the next year, that is being handed over to a DAO that is, that is designed to be user-owned. So we don't have a big corporation somewhere behind that technology on the one hand. And on the other hand, all of the communication that goes through self is biometrically gated. So we know who the person is who's calling us. We can choose whether or not we want to make a connection with another user or not. Parents can use it to have some protection over their children. Without the problem of invading your kid's privacy, you can delegate permissions to do certain things to kids. Be you know, your web authentication requests to authenticate this group of websites. And so you can have experience of the internet that looks like this over here. We can allow you to communicate with other people inside a network in self, provided they are between this age and that they attend the same high school as you do, or you know, something like that. They can set some parameters to mean that like kids can go experience the internet without having to go find the dark corners at the same time, or more importantly, without the dark corners finding them. So the idea of this is, is to tackle the problem of fraud at source, to make sure that people have access to truth that they can use for things. I've talked a lot so far about consumers, but self is as much for businesses and organizations and for asset 
NFTs, for example, and being able to prove the veracity and the ownership of those things and to replicate the systems of control that exist in the real world around those things inside sales networks. If you're using self as an organization, for example, you can use the NFC on your phone to access the security gates into your office building. You can have the management structure in your organization replicated inside self so that you know, you've got power delegated from the directors to the line managers, to the people who are delivering for customers. And uh, that plays out in, in great ways. So let's say you're a bank, for example, as a bank, you could use the self-communication stack to speak to the consumers who are your customers, but because you know, who is talking to who there's none of kind of check whether or not you pass your security tests. What's happening is you're out of band. You're able to tell that you are speaking to the right person. So as the consumer receiving the call, you know that the call is coming from your bank. And as the bank, you know that you're speaking to the right human, the person who you actually gave an account to in the first place. So you then just talk about having a new mortgage or an overdraft or whatever it is you want to talk about with your bank. And the information that needs to pass as part of that conversation can pass across self's network as messages out of band. You can share the information you need to share, have the communication, end it. So then you reduce call center time for the bank and you massively improve security for both parties. And what you do is something that's almost unavailable today, which is you have an authentication and a security process that is symmetrical because today they're asymmetrical. Primarily the organization is asking the consumer to prove something about themselves. So there's a lot of ways in which we're working to solve fraud using sales technology, but self is primarily a platform. So the overall goal is actually other people leveraging the power of sales technology to build applications on top of sales network that mean that they can take fraud out of their market or their organization or their group and build tools that work for the users that they have. I'm just like blown away, Dan, because that's, it's amazing. Fraud is such an issue here in Taiwan, where I live, it's been on the news for three or four months. And since I've lived here, like I moved here 14 years ago, one of the first things was like, if you ever get a phone call from somebody and you don't know who the number is, never pick it up because you get, it's been like, uh, how many times in my life have seen this and multiple times of some old lady going to the bank and wearing 40,000 Taiwan dollars to somebody in somewhere because, oh my God, I have your son. He's been kidnapped and her son has just been sleeping the other day or sleeping for a long time. And it's terrible. And yeah. I've got so many questions. I guess one of the first questions I want to start with, like you mentioned organizations building on top of self, right? But I can see this as being a place like on, I'm in crypto, right? So Telegram is a horrible place for fake people. Could Telegram integrate self? Could Facebook integrate self? There's so many fake Facebook accounts. Does that work that way? It's challenging because I think they are diametrically opposed to our beliefs about who data belongs to and where it should be. Telegram, we're actually working on an integration with Telegram for self at the moment, which counts to ensure that it was only real humans in the group, which we think is going to be pretty powerful. Telegram's got some quite nice open APIs, so that's a pretty useful thing that we can do with it. Yeah. And all those kind of integrations are really interesting. I think we certainly with the sort of first group of customers that are starting to develop on self now, and most of them are focused on building something for their specific industry and using self's ability to share and manage information and data and, and authentication as part of that stack. We are very clear that we don't want to 
go around eating the lunch of our customers. I think we're a platform play and I would build building a ties together self endpoint and the endpoints are either consumer apps or they're web apps that developers build inside an organization. And those things allow connections with each other. We don't want to get inside any of the customer's businesses. So we're really open to people who want to develop interesting new things on top of what this technology can offer. From a dev perspective, right? So somebody who's watching this on YouTube or listening to the podcast, like, yeah. this is really interesting. I'm a single dev. I don't have a company's resources. Am I still able to use develop with self or do I need to put totally. down some capital or something like that? No, it's all, it's all there to work with today. A single dev can go and development platform and build, and they ought to have a demo app running in a sandbox that is delivering some basic value that they can see within an hour or so. That's really cool. Dan, one of the things I wanted to ask as well is because as you were explaining self and the mobile app, particularly, like you said, because nothing's stored in the cloud, right? Like a, your typical uh, authenticator app, like Authy or Google Authenticator, right? You drop your phone yep. in water or something, you buy another phone, you log in with Google, yep. and then you have your access. So as somebody like myself who occasionally breaks things, though my mother might disagree, what do you do if you break your phone and how do you recover? Or do you have to redo it again on another phone? So we, I use an iPhone, so my self-account is backed up to my iCloud, but we encrypt that backup. So the self-app encrypts that backup before it is sent to the backup location that it's going to. So it's fully encrypted at all times. And at the moment you restore using the passphrase you're given when you set up yourself again. We're working on a couple of new ways to be able to restore. We're aware that the passphrase is an effective way of backing things up, but its limitation is always people's ability to remember to save it somewhere. Working on new ways of resolving that problem, which we'll talk about next year. For the moment, there's a passphrase. With that passphrase, you can restore your self-account to a new device. The other thing I think it's important to say is that self is also something that works on a multi-device basis. You can have you can have self running on, on multiple things so that you have some protection while you recover stuff if you need it from other devices that are running self too. Nice. So like when you say multiple devices, like that's one of the reasons, like most people, I started off with Google Authenticator. I'm a Samsung Android fan and I'm like, okay, but Google Authenticator didn't work on, I forgot what it was at that time. And then now I use Authy and Authy works on my iPad, works on my Mac, works on my PC. So like you said, if something does happen, I do have the ability to use a device. So is that the same for self? Your What platforms are you currently available on? What platforms do you plan to be? At the moment, the app is available from the Play Store and from the App Store if you use an iPhone. We will be releasing desktop versions of Self in the new year. So you'll be able to run on top of your desktop, which is often useful for kind of commercial messaging and business messaging activities. And in the future, we very much think that Self is something that can usefully run on most devices. So I think we will see apps on smart TVs, for example. We will see apps in, in a number of different places. Automotive is very difficult to get into, but it would be really interesting. You know, I definitely agree with you that it definitely sounds like there are a lot of different places that this could be useful then. I guess another question I had, I've got a bunch of questions, I guess, but I have to pull this back because I can imagine some of our listeners who are listening to this episode like, Brian, when you can get back to the crypto stuff, and I guess this is all entitled <laughs> to crypto, but I know somebody heard near 
And for some reason, like this year, we've had a few Englishmen who have been building on Nier. And so I've got to ask you, why did you choose Nier when other people are choosing Avalanche or BNB or Metis or L2 chains? Like, why did you guys end up choosing Nier? Because for what we use Nier for, it was the right engineering solution. So this was entirely driven by the engineers who went out, evaluated, tested a bunch of different chains for different characteristics and said, that's the one that is closest to our requirements. And that's why we're using it. So speed was definitely a factor, ease of use, commonality of languages, things that, that work together with our team, but it's engineering led. It's not commercially led that decision. Okay. That's cool. And funny enough, that's literally what the other two guests also said as well, which is really interesting. Another crypto question, you mentioned DAOs and you are yeah. based in the UK. How does yeah. that work in the UK? Are DAOs a legal it entity? Doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. So self today is a UK company. We are establishing a DAO and then we will establish that. We think we know which jurisdiction it's going to be in, but I'll hold fire on that one at the moment. And we will establish a DAO that will take that on when the organization has got to the stage where we're ready for that to happen. Self will ultimately be a dual token system. So a separate governance token from a fuel token that will run the transactions that run across the network. We've done our first main net. So we built out our governance token structure. We will have a much larger change in a couple of probably 18 to 24 months when we then incorporate the fuel token into our flow. Things will be paid for in fiat until then will make full sense, but we have some development work and we have some lessons to learn before we're ready to do that. I think we're, this is a project that is is in immensely complicated and has taken a long time to get to where it is today. And we think it's, there is some time now to spend refining and building and adding additional features into self to get it to where we think it should be before we move over to using a fuel token. Nice. Interesting. Dan, from where you've come from, right, again, having looked into your background to where you are now, and like you said, it's, you've been developing this for a bit and... Are you satisfied with the progress you've made? Are you happy being in Web3 when a lot of people are like, oh my God, I, I regret working in crypto. I regret doing this Web3 stuff. How do you feel about the progress you've made and where you've come and where you're going? Is it still exciting in the morning to be working on this? Yeah, how do you feel about everything? I'm really pleased with it. I have always had a very R&D-led, organic approach to building new stuff. I always think that there are there are pivots and changes in direction and shifts in your thinking about your business all the way through developing it. It doesn't matter whether you're running a, a bar or building a consulting business or whatever, you're going to change what you're doing. We've just done this process through the most unusual time I think anybody can remember. And, and so I think self would have been a very different business had we done what we were planning to do at the back end of 2019, had 2020 not started in quite such an unexpected fashion, and had we not had the luxury of the time and the space and the funding to be able to step back from what we'd been doing and say, okay, we, we don't know when we're going to be able to do what we thought we were going to be able to do. So let's revisit everything that we've done and see whether we're doing it in the right way. And I think it was that reevaluation of the business that we were able to do through the early stages of the pandemic that allowed us to go actually, what if this wasn't running on top of a distributed ledger? And what if it was less like a web two business that we're trying to build a model for? And what if it was more like something that's user owned and something that 
and that's probably more appropriate for the ability to move data and connect humans all over the world in a way that is currently unenvisaged by regulators or anybody else. So we need some control over this that makes it work for those people, but we also need to be able to prevent technology like this being acquired by a bad actor who would be able to do all kinds of stuff with it. So we wanted to be able to protect it and make it something that was there for the good of its users rather than for the profit of its shareholders. Hence the structure we've come to. So I'm super pleased with it. I'm more excited now than I have been about it in a long time because I think we've got to the right place and we've gone through a journey to get here, but we've got to the right place and uh, developed and researched through, through that process, which has been super powerful for where we're at today. Yeah, I like just listening to you speak. I think a lot of the projects that are happening now are going to be the ones that really set the foundation for what is to come next year in crypto and Web3 and whatever else is coming out of blockchain tech. Dan, coming back to Salford, you mentioned a rollout next year. As somebody who's living very far away from the UK, will I be able to use the self next year? Is this going to be like a UK, European rollout first and then expand it that way? Is it a staggered rollout? How are you rolling things out? The rollout is very much governed by the rollout of passports with biometric data stored on an NFC on the passport. So one of the most important things about self is that is, is self's ability to extend the concept of key ownership from today's kind of concept of trust, which is if someone has the keys, we assume they're the right person. And what self does is say, we need to check that the person who has the keys is still the person who should have the keys. And we know you think about the way we handle things like biometrics, it's much closer to what an electronic passport gate does in the airport than it is to what face ID does to let you unlock your phone. So we are extending the concept of key ownership and trust outside of the technology to the human who that technology is designed to serve. There are definitely some limitations in how uniform the global deployment of that technology around passports is and where that technology is found in other things. We're building the ability to be able to rely on other forms of trust. We have partners who are building with us at the moment who are who are KYC providers who can find out more information. And we will be releasing a bounty program next year that will tie bounty receipts to people helping us with the process of understanding the matrix of verifiable documents and which ones we can work with and which ones we can't work with. So we've worked for a lot of things. We've got most biometric passports working, but there's lots of other things that we can be doing. And we don't want to buy those services from one of the kind of web two companies who will do a check on their platform or who have a database of that information because we think that information actually belongs to all of us. I've always been a believer that the idea of selling identity is wrong. It feels to me a bit like selling air. And that's not a thing that somebody should be productizing. And so we want self is there for the power of the individual and for us to use that power to help us as we work online and offline. And we want it to be in the hands of as many people as possible. So we've released it in a bunch of countries. 
I can't remember off the top of my head whether Taiwan is one of those, but I'm sure it will be at some point soon. That You can imagine the countries where we are going to have more difficulty releasing self. There are definitely some countries which will not like what we're doing because it's not a control system, but, but we'll get it into the hands of as many people as we can, because it's a product for humanity. It's a, that's the point of it. I love that saying, like you said, a product for humanities is just impressive. So Dan, we talked about the dev route and I don't want to keep you for too long. Somebody listening to this today, a regular press, okay, this sounds fantastic. Is there one way you want for people to participate? Do you want them to join your community? Do you want them to try the app out? Do you want them to do everything involved? What is the ideal path for someone to say, okay, I'm done listening to the Inside Crypto podcast. Dan Sutherland is amazing. I want to join the self-community. What would you like them to do first? Like, What's the path to them getting involved with you and self? So first of all, if you work for an organization that you think could benefit from what self is setting out to do, then get in touch with us, get yourself a self account. Those are easy to get. They're free and available on the web and, and then start building and we're happy to help. Uh, so that's the first thing right now. I think the more people building more interesting integrations for self, the better we can achieve things for our community. A little bit later this year, we are beginning a drive for consumer signups. And as part of doing that, we're giving away up to $10 million worth of our governance tokens. Those are going to be, because we want this to be user owned, right? So we think our users should get tokens. So. In the run-up to our IDO next year, we will be encouraging people to sign up and they will get points for signing up. And they will also get points for everyone who signs up as a result of them inviting them and all the way down to nine degrees of separation. So we're really encouraging people to participate and to be part of that. And I think the time for consumer signups will come when we release that because we want everyone to participate in the network and to have the opportunity to be part of that user-owned structure that's there for the benefit of everyone. Those are probably the two most important things. Obviously, as this grows, the point of a decentralized network is that the nodes of the network are run by organizations who benefit from running nodes in the network. And they do that because they'll be paid for running nodes in the network, et cetera, and they'll reduce the cost of the, their utility of the network by supporting running a node for other people. So if there are people that feel like, actually, this could be really interesting as a thing where we run a node, we'd love to hear from those people as well, because we're preparing the ground to be able to decentralize out to organizations like that. Sounds good, Dan. Thank you very much for explaining that. We're getting towards the end of the show, and I always like to give guests a chance to say, okay, you've said a lot about self. You explained a lot about what's happened this year in terms of Crypto Web 3. Is there any sort of final thoughts, anything you haven't said that you'd like to say just let people know any pearls of wisdom you'd like to leave our listeners with today before we end up today's show. There's two things. The first is probably the most crypto-y thing that we're doing, which is that we are self-holds data about people, which is effectively a wallet. We are building integrations that will allow self-users to hold the keys they have for the crypto that they have on different chains inside their self account. And that will mean that crypto that's being exchanged by two people who are members of self's network, you'll be able to verify who you are sending or who you are receiving tokens from, but you'll also be able to use either uh, your keys or your self account to communicate with each other using self's messaging platform. That would mean that if I wanted to send you some XRP, I could just say, send 20 XRP to Korean as a, an instruction out of self and that could then execute on the chain and transfer that to you. So what you then get 
And we started this conversation about talking about a lot of the hassles that's happened in the last few months. I think I've sent it to the right person. I think I typed the address in correctly. I don't really have any way of knowing. With this, you will have a way of knowing. And if you've sent it to the wrong address, you'll have a way of trying to contact the address that you sent it to if you send it to the wrong person. We think that's going to be really powerful for crypto. We think that's really interesting. The last thing is really about fraud. And I think it's important to remember that fraud happens in the spaces between the things that we know and trust. If you look at the things that have happened with with FTX, what you're looking at is the front end of a big exchange platform. What happened in the background was that we trusted that everything was okay, whereas actually they had a backdoor. And that kind of trust is something that we should all think really carefully about when we're looking at any kind of exchange environment. Specifically, do we know that the smart contract that it's running is actually the smart contract that we think it is? Or is it one that's producing the output we expect, but something else is happening in the background? If you're running a decentralized exchange, is it running the code that we think it's running, or is it actually running something else that's producing the right kind of output, but allowing them to pull a whole bunch of really interesting debugging metrics off it that allow them to front run your trades without you knowing that? Do we trust that the infrastructure is actually secure, that the centralized exchange is running on is actually secure enough, and that there isn't something else running on that's disadvantaging us or worse? So fraud happens where you let it happen. And that's why we're very keen on the idea that you should trust nothing and verify everything, which is what self's about. I love it. That's like the perfect sentence to end off today's show. Trust nothing and verify everything. That's, I hope that's a logo somewhere on the self's website because that's gold. Somewhere. Right there. <laughs> all right, Dan, thank you very much. I will put all of self's socials and whatever I can find of yours. I'll put those down in the podcast show notes awesome. so everyone can know where to find you guys, where to dig up more research. But I think this episode was like, you said a lot of very crypto stuff, despite what you said towards the end of today's show. So it's exciting. I'm so glad we got to do the show together. And thank you again for your time. Hopefully we can connect next year and you can tell me how the rollout is going, how everything else is going, and we can talk some more. That would be awesome. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank very good to talk Dan. to you. Yeah, you enjoy the rest of your day. That's all we have time for today, folks. I and everyone at 21Co really appreciate you stopping by please don't forget to check us out and our website 21.co. As stated during this episode, nothing said here by either party constitutes financial advice. This content on this podcast is strictly for information and entertainment purposes only. If you like what we do, you can follow us on social media, Twitter at 21company underscore, LinkedIn at 21-co, and check out the amazing content our research team puts out. You can also follow the company any of the employees on LinkedIn to keep up the latest podcast releases. 21 Shares also puts out a monthly newsletter with our latest insights on the crypto market. You can sign up for that on the 21 Shares website. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with anyone and everyone. See you next time.